0: The Bible contains great financial advice and also answers questions of morality. Join us as we look for answers to your questions and help you know your Bible. Good morning. Welcome back to Know Your Bible. Glad you're with us today. Hope you're ready to learn a little bit about your Bible. Hope we get to your question if you've called one in or let us uh, know what you'd like us to talk about on Know Your Bible recently. We're going to hopefully get to it pretty quick. Uh, let's uh, uh, explain exactly what we do here. We just answer viewers' questions. There's a phone number and a website on your screen. Use those anytime to get in touch with us and tell us what you wonder about the Bible. Maybe some question you've always had. Uh, somebody told me this, and I can't believe that's in the Bible. We'll try to find it for you. So, whatever's on your mind, let us know. Log in or uh, give us a call. The operators will take your call during the program, and uh, the answering machine will get it the rest of the the day or night. So, uh, whatever's on your mind. Something maybe today we say in answering a question will stir a question in your mind. Let us know. You tell us what you'd like us to talk about on Know Your Bible and we'll answer it. Let me introduce my partner here, Toby and Good morning, Toby. Good morning, Glad Steve. Glad you're back and studied up and ready to go. Uh got so many questions we never can quite keep up, but we're going to give it a shot today to go as fast as we can. And well, we always start with one for our viewers. Uh, today's question is, what did Joshua Have the people pick up as they crossed the Jordan. When they were crossing the Jordan into the promised land, uh, he told them to stop and bring something along with them. So we'll give you the answer to that at the end of the program and see if you and your family know that one. All right, Toby, look like you drew number one, so you're the starter today. Uh,
1: They (laughs) just want, where can I find it? Where can I find the story of the blind man being healed? Well, there are several places because there were several different blind men in the scripture and uh, there is there's found one uh, healing of the blind man at Bethsaida is found in Mark chapter 8 verses 22 through 25. Uh, there's a, he- a story of <clears throat> the healing of a man who was born blind and the, the squabble that started with he and his parents and the Pharisees, uh, kind of a humorous story actually in John chapter 9. And then there's a story of the blind beggar being healed. That's found in Luke 18, 35, Matthew 20, verse 29, and Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Uh, I don't know if that is an exhaustive list, but there are certainly many occasions when Jesus did a miracle that was very unusual to take someone who didn't have sight and to restore that sight to them. Uh, and I love... Uh, That that, even though that was a physical miracle, it reminds us of a spiritual truth uh, that he still uh, makes blind men to see. Uh, These miracles not only show us his power, they also show the authority of Christ, which is why he did it, to show that he had the power uh, not only uh, above nature and the physical realm, but he had the power to forgive sins and to redeem us uh, in eternity. Jesus said this is what miracles were all about. Let's look at John chapter 10, verses 37 and 38 on the screen. If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them... Even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. When he healed uh, blind men and, and uh, all other sorts of sickness and infirmities, uh, he was doing much more than just healing. He was showing who he was and why we should put our ho- hope and trust in him.
0: All right. Thank you, Toby. Uh, we got one of the easiest questions I've ever gotten all here. you right. want to know... <laughs> Also know, is this show taped or live? Some of you are old enough to remember, is it live or is it Memorex? Uh, uh, very easy answer to that one. This is taped. Uh, we are taping this a number of weeks before you're seeing it. Uh, now, we don't try to deceive in any way. We don't say we're live or anything like that, but some people think we are. We get a call every (laughs) once in a while. The operators tell me from somebody that, no, I want it answered right now. You you go tell those guys to answer this one uh, right now. Well, we can't do that because we taped this a few weeks ago. Uh, Some people might be interested in the process, exactly what we do do. So since somebody asked, let me explain. Uh, We do take questions live. There are operators standing by during the broadcast every week, wherever you're seeing it. uh, Somebody will answer the phone and write those questions down. Uh, We get a lot more questions these days from the internet on the website, but we get those questions and we compile those into a list and make a script out of it. Uh, So we've got a little variety. We get a lot of questions every week. Uh, We obviously couldn't answer those every week. It would get a little boring so uh, we answer them every few months or so. But we make a script. It's got a little variety in it and different kinds of questions. And then we come to a recording studio at uh, KSN Studios in Wichita and sit down and tape this uh, before the cameras. And then we take that master tape and send it off to get closed captioning put on it. That's one reason it takes a few weeks. Uh, We're mandated by the federal government and we want to uh, add closed captioning for those of you that need that and want that. Uh, Then we distribute those to all the broadcast areas and they play the tapes at the right time and uh, broadcast it for you at the time, whatever that is, in, in that area. So that's the process. It's usually around a couple of months actually by the time we get the closed captioning on and all that. Uh, so, odds are if you're watching me and think I'm live today, uh, I really did this a couple of months ago uh, or thereabouts. So, show taped or live, it's, it's taped. Well,
1: most <laughs> of the time this program airs. It airs on a Sunday and yep. we can't air it live because we're both <laughs> ministering at churches on Sunday. So, yep. people will say, yeah, I saw you on TV. We hardly ever get to see ourselves on TV. But, uh, uh, yeah, it would just be physically impossible most Sundays.
0: <laughs> nope, would be a little... Uh, a little, little, difficult to yep. do, her, do her live, but <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, that's how the process works. If you're interested, all right, Toby.
1: Yes. So, viewer <clears throat> asked the question: What version of the Bible is being used on the program? A little bit of inside baseball here, I guess. Too. Uh, most of the time on on this program, we will use the NIV the new american standard or more often uh, these days the ESV and that seems to be a a pretty accurate and very readable understandable translation which is very good uh... we have in the past shown a chart of you know readability versus uh... uh, um, accuracy and we want to get as close to accurate as we can while also being uh, generally understandable to a wide audience. Uh, Some people have never read their Bible before or even opened a Bible let alone study it. So we want people to understand it simply and accurately. Uh, There are times when we will vary outside of using the NIV or the ESV and use a, a, a version that maybe helps explain it just a little bit better but in general those are the translations we use uh... on the program we want to give you the most accurate translation that you can understand uh, and uh... we hope that as you're watching the program you not only uh, listen to what we're saying and and take notes and and have a bible open but we also hope that you have a what's called a berean attitude that you take the attitude that we're not just going to take these guys word for it; we're going to open our bibles for ourselves Examine the scriptures, make sure that what they say is in line with what the Bible says. The reason that's called the Berean attitude is because there were a group of people at Berea who took this very attitude with the Apostle Paul. Let's look at the verse on the screen together. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. We're glad to present this, the Bible uh, in its uh, in those translations and, and help you understand it better. But we want you also to follow along, study for yourself, to know it's true and believe it's true and understand it.
0: All righty. Uh, whatever version we use, uh, like Toby said, we try to get the, the best meaning we can out to you. Uh but more importantly than that, we advocate that you study the Bible itself, whatever mm-hmm. translation you believe is a, a good one. And we offer some study tools that are free to you if you want to study the Bible. Like Toby said, a lot of people never opened the Bible. Uh, on the other hand, we've got a lot of viewers that are old time Bible students mm-hmm. that uh, have studied for a long, long time and have their favorite translation and can quote things right and left out of it and all that. That's great. But Continue studying the Bible is one of our goals here. And uh, because of that, we've got some courses that we're happy to send you if you want to get started in a regular Bible study. There's one on the screen now that's got eight different parts to it. And the first two are about the Old Testament and the New Testament. A good place to start when you're studying a Bible is to know the big difference between the two big parts of it. So that's where we start in our studies. And then there's more advanced studies beyond this one that uh, you can keep right on studying the Bible with, for quite a while with our free Bible study materials. So we offer those to you. All you have to do is uh, call that phone number or log on to the website. And tell us, I'd like to try that free course. Uh, We'll send you lesson number one and you can go as long as you want. Uh, If it's something that doesn't help you or you just don't like it for some reason, uh, we doubt that happens. But if you do, uh, we're not going to bother you in any way. Just stop and uh, we won't bother you. So uh, no obligations, no, uh, no cost at all to you. We even pay the postage. Uh, We send you the stamped envelopes to return things, and uh, we try to take care of all of that so you just can study the Bible in the privacy of your own home. So log on or give us a call. We'll get that started for you. All right. Viewers ask a question, and we'll answer it pretty easily, I think. Uh, Where does it say that we cannot have instrumental music in worship? Uh, well, this viewer is familiar with the Churches of Christ. There are answers on this program that we don't use instrumental music. We sing a cappella, which means chapel style, or church music. Uh, and this viewer says, where does it say you can't use instrumental music? And the answer to that is it doesn't. Uh, the Bible nowhere has a command that says don't use instrumental music in worship. Uh, now, let me ask a follow-up question. Uh, this book here, the whole Bible, and just about that much of it is the, the New Testament. Uh, how long would that be if God told us everything that we can't do? Well, you can envision that. It would be of encyclopedic <laughs> volumes uh, of things if God had to say, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. Uh, that's not the way the Bible works. The Bible gives us principles and says, here's how to please God. Now, all of the don'ts he doesn't mention. Now, if you rely on that, see, that's a little bit like a kid that if the parents come home from a few hours out and the kids burn the garage down, he could tell the parents well you didn't tell me not to burn the garage down uh... that's not the way it works <laughs> we get the principles and then we follow those now we in the churches of christ are a little bit strict about that maybe to some people's taste but our philosophy is if we just do what god tells us then we're going to be all right uh... if he doesn't tell us uh, we don't worry about it we, we, we just do what he says And when the Bible talks about worship and about uh, our pleasing God, the only thing the New Testament says to do is sing. So we sing. Uh, We we don't need a verse to tell us we can't use instruments. We're authorized to sing. So we sing vocally a cappella. Ephesians 5.19 is one of those verses uh, that says we are supposed to be uh, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. That's the instrument that we use is our heart. We make melody in there and we sing with our voice. And evidently that's what Paul when he wrote to the Ephesians, evidently he thought that's what pleased God. Uh, So we just do what the Bible says. If we had to have a list of everything we can't do we'd never. And never get through reading it, much less <laughs> obeying it. Uh, so that's the answer, is we just do what the Bible says, and we believe it says to sing, and doesn't authorize anything else. Now, apart from that, and this isn't why we do it, but if you study history, you'll be amazed at what you find. Uh, since we've just lived... Two years on this earth uh, we're used to most churches using instrumental music, and we think that's the way it is That's a very recent innovation. You study history, you'll find the New Testament Christian did not use instruments you'll find that Christians for centuries didn't use instrumental music they didn't think it was necessary; they thought it was uh, wasn't pleasing to God. And all of the great reformers even, Luther and Calvin and Wesley and those, they didn't think you ought to use instruments in worship. Now, I realize in just a few years uh, it's become real widely accepted, but for the vast majority of Christian history, uh, Churches of Christ were the majority opinion. (laughs) Uh, That was the way all Christians worshiped, was just a cappella singing. Uh, not adding instruments in any way. So that's where our belief comes from, and history says that's the way it's been for most of the time. So hopefully that answers your question.
1: Hey, a viewer asked a question I can remember asking as a very young child. Yep, kids ask this. Who one. created God? Where did God come from? And it's really hard even for adults to wrap their mind around that because everything that we understand as human beings revolves around a beginning and an end. Uh, Even Solomon observed that there's a time and a season for everything. And there's a time for things to start and a a time for things to finish. Uh, You go through a cemetery and you look at the tombstones and you'll see all the dates, the beginning date, the end date. Uh, It it reminds us that our lives are finite. They have a, a, a definite beginning and a definite end. And so much of our world is finite. There's a limit to it. Uh, there's a beginning and end to the day. There's a beginning and end to the seasons. Uh, there's a beginning and end to nearly every part of our physical world. That's the way it's always been. So tra- trying to wrap our finite minds around an infinite God without beginning or without end is, is really hard to do. Uh, the answer uh, is that the the question Well, the answer is that no one created God because God has always been. The question kind of starts with this false assumption that uh, God came from somewhere, that someone must have or something must have created him because that's how we, you know, everything that is uh, is there because someone made it or built it or created it or fashioned it. Or gave birth to it. So we just, before something was, there was something before that. And that's not the case with God. He has just always been, and He always will be. Uh, he was long before you, and He'll be long after you. Uh, he is without beginning or end. Uh, there is no date on God. He has just always been. The, in fact, <clears throat> uh this is why I think he refers to himself as the great I am. That's the present tense of existing. It's not he I was or I will be, but I am, meaning he always is and will continue to be. So, uh no one created God. God has always been. He's eternal and infinite and he doesn't have a beginning or end. Let's look at Psalm chapter 90. Verses 1 through 4 together. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are, but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. So God's perspective on time, very different uh, than us as finite human beings.
0: All righty. A viewer wants to know where a verse is. We'll see if we can help them find it. Where does it say that if you don't work, you shouldn't eat? Well, we might have said that a time or two on this program and answered some question, and hopefully we showed you that verse. It's in Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse ten. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule: If a man will not work, he shall not eat. All right now, let's do a little history here and read the context. uh Paul started the church in Thessalonica. And after he was gone, he wrote them a couple of letters, 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. And he covered a few doctrinal matters and all of that, and he covered some personal matters. And this is one of the personal ones. In chapter 3 and verse 11, he writes to this church He said, We hear that some among you are idle, they're not busy, they're not working. Okay, he said, Remember what we taught you when we were there. Now, see, The basis of Christianity is that Jesus died for our sins and we accept Him and have a chance to live eternally. But the rest of Christianity is how we ought to live on this earth. And that's a lot of what the apostles and Paul and others taught people is here's the best way to live on earth. And here's one of the principles that... Paul laid down from God is each man ought to work that that's able of course ought to work and earn their own bread uh, earn what you eat and the rule he gave them was if somebody won't work if they're just idle and lazy and refuse to work well don't give them food now that sounds cruel to us today that sounds so politically incorrect that it just freaks us out but Paul was smart enough to know that a guy would figure this out in a few days, you know when the hunger pains get bad enough, he'd say, "Well, maybe I better get up off the couch and go to work uh so that was the rule he made now. We're way too sophisticated for that these days, but uh, that was the rule Paul laid down, and I think things probably worked a little bit better back then. Uh, if we would apply this verse today, probably a whole lot of things would change in society, uh, but we don't want to get into that. We're just telling you what the Bible says here. Uh, so that's the verse, Second uh, Thessalonians 3 and verse 10. Uh, Christians, particularly, should never be idle, should never take a demand or require handouts from anybody uh, to get along. Doesn't mean we can't get in bad patches where we need a little help for a while or something, but as a lifestyle, Christians work, they earn their own bread, and they work hard enough that they earn something that they can help some others. Uh, but somebody that just refuses to do that, uh, let them get hungry for a while and they'll figure it out. That's what Paul's telling. Okay, uh, let me talk about <coughs> Churches of Christ for just a little bit. We're sponsored and kept on the air, and this program is produced by the Church of Christ in your area. And we like to mention a few each week and thank them for keeping us on the air. Let's mention a couple in central Kansas here today the Augusta Church of Christ and Derby Church of Christ, uh, all near Wichita here, but uh, good supporters of Know Your Bible, been long term supporters. Uh, if you live in one of those neighborhoods, uh, drop in and visit them sometime. Down Derby, Brother Larry Scarth is a minister there, and I know you'd enjoy getting to know him and hearing him preach the gospel. Uh a fine young man of any Church of Christ in our broadcast area, uh, that's near you drop in and tell them thank you for keeping us on the air and if you live near augusta or derby particularly if maybe you know somebody that attends one of those churches and uh, just tell them hey i was watching know your bible the other day and saw your church mentioned and thank you for putting that on the air for us and uh, we'd appreciate that so of course you're always welcome at the home church of know your bible north side church of christ here in wichita uh, but anywhere you live if you're looking for a church home Look up a Church of Christ. Give them a try. You'll find some folks that are serious about their Bible study like we are here on Know Your Bible. They'd be happy to have you. They'll warmly welcome you. All right. Tell me what you got here. An
1: authorship question okay. that everyone wants to know. Uh, <clears throat> which John was the author of the various books of John in the <clears throat> New Testament? Uh, well, the answer to that is John the Apostle um he was also described as the disciple the apostle whom Jesus loved uh, we know that they were uh, Je- Jesus and John were very close and that they had a very uh strong friendship and a unique relationship but he authored one of the gospel accounts that bears his name the gospel of John i've always that's one of my my favorite of the gospel accounts just because it's unique john has a very unique writing style very symbolic a lot of good pictures and and uh, it's it's an enjoyable read. Uh, then he also wrote <clears throat> the uh, letters of First, Second, and Third John, and there he's writing to uh, churches. And then, of course, we know that he, when when he was exiled on the island of Patmos, he wrote the the vision down that he had called that we call uh, the Book of Revelation, which is really the Revelation to Saint John. And so, um, those are the four specific books that bear his name, John, and then 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and then he also wrote the the uh, fifth book uh, that doesn't have his name on it directly, the book of Revelation. So uh, that's what we know who he was, and
0: that's the, those are the books he wrote. All right. Thank you. A uh, viewer wants to know, what's the Bible say about inheritance? Well, uh, not much really. The Old Testament had some rules. Uh, The Old Testament, you can find some inheritance rules. And uh, the basic one was that the eldest son uh, received pretty much everything. And I always thought that was a great rule yep, and too. and i don 't know why we didn't i don 't know why we didn 't stick with that one uh, <coughs> but that was the old testament, and we 're not Israelites, so we 've got some different rules of inheritance these days. Uh, the New Testament really says nothing about it uh, it doesn 't have that kind of detail for society. The Old Testament was both a uh theocracy, a religion, and a government was how it all worked. So God gave a lot of rules like that about uh, civil things that we don't have in the New Testament. Uh, and the New Testament basically says nothing about inheritance except there is one one verse or passage that Jesus brings it up. Actually, it was brought up to Jesus. And I thought we'd just watch, look at that and see. It's kind of interesting. Uh, it's Luke chapter 12. Uh, Someone in the crowd said to him, to Jesus, "Uh, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So interesting little tidbit there. Uh, Jesus was the master teacher and everybody respected him and uh, wanted to know what he thought about things. And this one guy pipes up and says, My brother won't split the inheritance with me. Make him do that. And Jesus said, that's not my job. I'm not handling the civic problems like that. And then he turned to the crowd and he made a lesson out of it. He said, this guy's obviously covetous. He wants money. Uh, Be careful about that. Don't let covetousness get you. Uh, What you have doesn't make you who you are. So Jesus took that little incident and turned it into a good teaching opportunity. But... Nothing about inheritance. We follow the civil laws and uh, do what the state's rules are about wills and inheritance and all that. All right, we're out of time for new questions, but we got time for a trivia question. Let's see if we can answer that one. Uh, it was, what did Joshua have the people pick up as they crossed the Jordan? Well, some of you know that the answer is rocks, uh, stones. He told each tribe to get a stone. Uh, We don't know how big they were, but big enough to make a memorial out of. And they carried those 12 stones to the other side of the Jordan, and he built a memorial there and said every time that uh, some of our children or grandchildren walk past that, they'll remember uh, about how we came across the Jordan into the, the promised land. So great memorial there and had the people build it. All right, we're out of time for questions, but uh, we're going to be back next week and try to answer some more of yours. If you haven't signed up for that correspondence course yet, today would be a good day to do that. If you've got a question that came to your mind today, give us a call and let us answer it for you. We're glad you've been with us today, and uh, we'll come back next week and we'll do some more. Until then, you have a great day. Know Your Bible has been presented by the Churches of Christ in your area